Hi there, welcome back to my podcast. I have something great to tell you about what is coming in the future or for the future, what the world or the future holds for the world and what the future holds for the church and what the future holds for those outside of the church. These are three things and I'm so happy about this change in my life right now and I'm so happy about the coming change, the coming transformation of the world, the coming um, change that it in, it will involve everyone and the the I kind of received an, another visitation revelation that it's like a vision but it was not like a vision I was in a trance and I was seeing the world in a different way like I could see also hell and I could see what is going on and I could see Jesus now taking me out of the city that he put me there in the first place in 2019 I had a, a vision where Jesus a gate open and I saw this gate where it was open and there were very many people in that um, in the gate I mean and I realized it is a city and in Pilgrim's Progress, this city is known as the City of Destruction. And at that time, I was like, God, I'm not going back there. I just don't want to go back there. I've been there. And I know how it feels going back to the City of Destruction. And I just don't feel like I want to go back there. And Jesus was like opening now the gate for me to leave because I had finished what I had gone there to do. I was trying to rescue some people out of the City of Destruction. But there are people who don't want to be rescued. They have already made a choice. They have already made, uh, decided their own paths. And so Jesus says, well, he can't do anything about them because even if I did try convincing them that they need to go to the path of Jesus and they refuse, that's their own problem now because the city is now sealed. It's under the direction of the enemy. So he's going to do whatever he wants with the city. And so I just... God has now taken me out of there because he had put me there in 2019 and in this 2022 now I'm out of the city now because at that time when I was being put it was for a specific purpose I tried everything I would go to every church I would go to anywhere where God was sending me and these people were just hard-headed and they couldn't listen they couldn't hear anything and they kept ignoring him they kept throwing stones at him and throwing thorns back at him and telling him well you're not welcome here you're not supposed to be here and so God was always knocking on these doors and trying to get inside and he can't get in now he's completely been taken out of there he's no longer um, the city of destruction is just going to distract by itself now and so there are other people like God is gonna there's going to be a remnant of the church there's going to be a remnant people out also outside of the church they're going to come together and create one church so it doesn't matter if you're protestant catholic or um seventh day or whatever you are this church is gonna be one and they're gonna be have under the direction of the holy spirit so this is something else that jesus was bringing me to uh to bring into play in and the holy mother was also like telling me what's happening to those people who have decided to stay in the world she said them i'll tell you in the next um little except that i will be putting in this episode so stay tuned and i have more coming up so thank you so much and god bless you all i hope you're staying safe um and i'll tell you more about moderna and and all these vaccines
and what's going on and hope you stay tuned then thank you so much so guys you can imagine that uh, in 2015 I'm coming out I'm starting just to come out of the occult and after four years Jesus tells me I need to go back to that city of distraction and it was really hard for me at the time and I was like what what do you want me to do in that city I just don't want to be part of that city that city is doomed and if you've read the pilgrims progress you already know about the city of destruction and the people in the city of destruction and what they do and how they're doomed to be in the you know hell and you can see that this uh, pilgrim this pilgrim in that book when you know he's busy walking away from the city of destruction because that's where he was in the first place and he doesn't even look back there are people out there um, around him who belong to the city of destruction and they come and tell him you need to come back you you, you can you can you know this we live in paradise you know that's heaven on, on earth as long as you're just um you know you know just come back with us and you listen to what we tell you we just hang out have some more beers and simply enjoy life otherwise if you go to this um path it's a very lonely path but when you're with us you have so many people around you and the the um the truth about having people around you who are just you know part of the city of distraction is that they have a fake personality they have a they wear a fake mask they pretend they're your friends and when you leave them and when you leave their you know that city and you when you start saying no 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 you go you, you continue staying in that city i'm heading out of that city that's when you see their masks falling and you realize that they were not your friends in the first place so that's what i was going through i was like god i'm in this city of distraction but nobody looks like they want to leave this city everyone is busy with their own lives People are just happy. They are just like having their own jobs. They have their own lives. They are going on their own paths. There's nobody like wanting, you know, they don't want to be disturbed. They want to have this little life um, that they have, you know, created for themselves. They don't want anything that will disturb their peace. And I was like having a hard time since that time. You know, it's been like almost two years. Uh, being in that city and trying to convince people that you know you need to leave this city it's doomed it's gonna explode you know the nuclear energy it's gonna explode completely it's gonna end in hell you know that's where it's heading you need to leave this city even if you'll be alone at least you have even if you have one person that guiding you in your life Jesus or then the Blessed Mother that's okay you know you, you, you even if you're going to be having so many things it's okay you can leave and by the way and then when you okay so when you leave that city of distraction it's not gonna be easy obviously it's not it's never been easy for anyone but people love the easy way out and that's why they live in the city of distraction that's why they prefer to stay there but the truth is there's a lot going on in that city and and if you're caught up and in the traps that the the city of destruction provides and gives you you're gonna be stuck there forever and in the end after this life you're gonna find yourself in a place where 
you were least expecting because you were expecting to be in heaven paradise and then you find yourself oh my god this place is full of fire I, I just don't know how i got here most people in hell don't even know how they got there you're like i don't know how i got here and it's kind of really scary because at that time maybe there was somebody telling you you need to leave this place and you're not listening and so it happens that you find yourself there without wanting to be there that's the problem so it's you cannot force people to leave the city of destruction as i've learned you cannot force people to listen to you or to listen to god or jesus christ the person mother you can't force them if they don't want to listen they can stay where they are for the rest of their lives they can live the life that they're used to they can live in luxury if that's what they really love and be celebrities and social media influencers as they like to call themselves i'm not part of the social media at all maybe just wanting to spread the messages of jesus in in youtube and and just the podcast that i have right now i am not looking to like being everywhere in the media and all that stuff that is not some uh it's a very addicting and i believe people who are there are also stuck there uh, most of them don't even know how to leave that place but for me it's been easy for me to leave places that i felt i was uncomfortable in and if you do, if you feel uncomfortable with something, you just have to leave it and and you know start afresh and go with God and ask Him. Oh God, I need you in my life. I need you to take me in this direction because I don't know if this is the right path that I'm taking. I need you to help me discern and understand this is the right path. So this is how things are. So as we continue, you'll be able to realize that the city of destruction is very much cloaked like wonderland and neverland i think you've read those fairy tale lands that look like they're so beautiful and wonderful and you want to live in them and you just don't want to leave that land but you can leave so i'm gonna show you how and how i left that land and how i i started coming out of the city of destruction slowly by slowly so thank you stay tuned the change in the doctrine of salvation during her entire existence until vatican ii the catholic church has always taught that outside of her bosom there is no salvation confirmed by the words of jesus given to me in the message one faith one church one baptism no salvation can come outside of this church the church i chose from the beginning to handle my message of peace and truth, as I have always taught my disciples. Contante Domino, this is the document uh, by Pope Eugene IV, 1383 to 1447, says this, The Holy Roman Church firmly believes, professes, and preaches that all those are, who are outside of the Catholic Church, not only pagans, but also Jews, heretics, schismatics cannot have a share in eternal happiness, but that they will go into the everlasting fire which was prepared for the devil and his angels. In Matthew 5, 41, unless they unite themselves to the church before their death, no one, no matter how much he has given in alms, if he has shed uh, blood for the name of Christ, can be saved unless he has persevered in the bosom and unity of the Catholic Church. Pope Paul the Sixth says the opposite. 
the separated churches and communities, although we believe they suffer from the defects already mentioned, have been by all means deprived of significance and importance in the, in the mystery of salvation. The Holy Spirit has not refrained from using them as a means of salvation, although their virtues derived from the proper fullness of grace and truth granted to the Catholic Church. This assumption gives the wrong idea that there is salvation outside of the Catholic Church, as from Vatican II onwards. So by this, thing, by this time, there is a change in attitude from most of the clergy about how they now view the Church. In other words, the whole world is welcome to share in the love the Vatican extends to them. Okay, so the Vatican wanted to mingle with the world, and at this council, it presented them with the opportunity to do so. So back at the um, Mary Immaculate Church last year, 2021, I was, you know, since 2020, I was very much unaware of the changes of Vatican II Council, although the apparitions that the Catholic and especially those in Garbandel and Fatima, wow, deeply fascinated me. The changes in attitudes towards traditions of the main Catholic Church had very much changed, and as I would later learn, uh, later learn, okay, after leaving these people I had already met, the change in attitude had been largely influenced by the changes agreed upon in Vatican II as years went by. The new movement created new ideals and ideas for the next generations to follow much to their own consequences and detriment. As I arrived at this church one Sunday morning, I had already decided to go for catechism at another church called St. Peter's Catholic, another local church. Uh, you know, during that day, I had really big doubts about going to this Mary Immaculate Church. I had this intuition that something bad was going to happen. I had already been given direction that day. I felt different, and I felt like dark forces were pulling me away from going anywhere. Even when I had the rosary on, the previous night I had told my Protestant mother that about going to Mass every 7 a.m. in the morning. She was sentimental and extremely hostile to such an idea. The Protestants hated the Catholic traditions as if they were a plague and a thema. I had absolutely no idea what would follow after her abrupt refusal. I really needed to talk to someone that day. I did manage to talk with a catechist and a lay group member of the church. Our lady said she wanted to speak to the group. This particular group had been praying and asking for assistance since they needed guidance of their group. They had also been seeing the Blessed Mother who wanted to speak to them urgently. All she had wanted for this group was to guide, elevate the group to, of the seven sisters and the catechist, who was the only male in the group. The good father then had already been transferred to a very good place, to a very far place, the one who I would have kept contact with. I had no idea how much he would change from his humble nature to a nature of pride and self-aggrandizement and also of lust. The kind of places these fathers stay look like five to eight star hotels, yet they are homes heavily paid for by the church. They lack nothing. They ate very well and get paid loads of money. How can they live? 
you know, in any want anyway, while the lay people have to struggle to make it for mass on time, these fathers don't know the needs and the sufferings of the people in their congregations. Many people actually leave the Catholic Church because they find that these fathers, priests, these people who are put in charge, the shepherds, who are supposed to be catering for them, cannot even help them in any way. They can't be healed by them. They can't perform any kind of rites of healing which have already been discarded by this church. And that's why most people, the Catholic Church, are people who have been Catholic all their lives are leaving it since Vatican II. Okay, so they don't suffer in any, these uh, fathers don't suffer in any way. They don't know what suffering means. And even when Our Lady would have come to them and asked them to suffer, they wouldn't even know what suffering is or what's the meaning of suffering because they don't suffer like people do the humble people and the poor people no wonder the blessed mother always chooses the humble poor just like jesus you know god chose david you know he was just a little shepherd and he was just not any significant even to his brothers so in most cases these humble poor people suffer most no one pays attention to them or their needs in most cases the blessed mother usually comes among the people in order to heal their hearts and souls suffering is not a bad thing it's a good thing and if the fathers and priests were suffering it would be good if you were making reparations for the sins of this world it would be even a better thing for that to restore their faith their undying faith and zeal and to convert the unconverted by the way <laughs> i'm happy to be orthodox and i just understand that they retain most of the traditions that Catholic Church couldn't retain. So I'm just happy that I'm no longer Catholic or Protestant. I'm no longer in that world because that's a doomed world for sure. And I will explain to you how and why as I'm continuing to do. So she comes to bring hope, to restore peace within the communities, to ensure our safety from all kinds of societal ills and pains. This is why she usually chooses the humble poor. In most cases, these humble poor people are unbelieved and cast out or even worse, excommunicated from the church. Even the Blessed Mother had the, to bribe the Randi lay people and also the hierarchy there to accept to pray the rosary and to stop the persecutions of her visionaries, her messengers. It had reached to a point where she herself, a little part of Our Lady of Fidejo, she had to intervene for them. But even after all the efforts she made to stop these persecutions, many of the people did not believe her messages. This is how much Vatican II has infiltrated the people's minds and the lay and the hierarchical alike. They have been closed in a web of deceit, okay? A, a, a web that closes them, that they can't go in any other church. Their church is just the best, it's, it's the, you know. Yet, it's uh, since uh, Vatican II, it became apostate. And you've read the third secret, you've had it, and you, you can see, you can tell what's going on. You can imagine how she and us suffer when people reject the most holy mother and her son's message that could save their souls from spending an eternity in hell and even purgatory. So Vatican II has largely contributed to the many fallouts she has, ex she has been experiencing of the church. Many priests and nuns have abandoned their vacations and left the church altogether and the habits. This is the main crisis the church is facing, but the present church in its very condition cannot be corrected or restored as it has adapted the many ideals of Vatican II had to offer.
It is only by following the older root traditions of the church um, that can be restored to its original position. The Holy Mother had been appearing to another older woman called Reggie, I won't say her full name, who had 11 children. She could see the Holy Mother arriving in front of her and several others of the Immaculate Church. Although only the two visionaries could see, the rest couldn't quite make out what they were seeing. The worst part of it all arrives. I began to tell these two visionaries how the Blessed Mother had so much wanted to speak to them. The Blessed Mother, in the next two weeks, had given me instructions for them to pray the Rosary and fast for 40 days. And it was not only that, it was connected with these uh, apparitions at this um, village called the Village of the Mother of God, which has been named after the, apparition that, uh, the apparitions that appeared there in 1984 to 1992 in Rift Valley, Nakuru, Subukia. So she was connecting with the, with the church. She didn't want any attachment at all with the rest of the group. This was another, the exclusive lady. Satan wanted to complete this church. I mean, <laughs> sorry. Um, you know, Satan had already divided this church, and I advised the lady to play like the rest of the group and fast for 40 days. But this group never did that, okay? <clears throat> so our lady wanted to like complete this um, project that had begun back in 1989 at a new shrine. Uh, that was given the village of the Mary Mother of God, Subukia. And this church was going to be, it was officially like um, welcomed into the community by Pope Paul II officially in Kenya. And uh, the Blessed Mother uh, statue was placed in the shrine, a small little shrine. And she has this history about her there. And this history is not worldwide known and it's not, you cannot find it online. But Our Lady gave me every detail that um, I also write in, you know, you know in, in several books that are coming up. So, well, the people Our Lady turned to were not taking her seriously. Even when I had their numbers on my phone, none of them gave me any updates because I was really, they you know, they continued as if everything was normal. They didn't tell me any or give me any updates that they were praying they were meeting so since I was still the kind of person who didn't know Vatican II and its uh, fruits and all this stuff about Vatican and Fatima and the third secret I knew nothing about those things at this time so I was just a, a newly converted you know a, a new convert of this Catholic Church so this was supposed to be the time they turned to her the most with prayers and supplications. Only the older lady did her work. The rest had were incompetent and unreliable. So the Blessed Mother expressed her sadness with these words. My dear daughter Reggie is allowing the enemy in her life to slow her down. She's refusing to take heed, yet her very own soul is in grave danger of compromise. So that was the end quote of the uh, Blessed Mother's words. So I had been given other instructions for them too, but... Um, could not be implemented fully due to the status in the country at the time. Coronavirus was at its all-time high. So the Blessed Mother had also promised a miracle in mid-August for all to believe if the July event could be done. There was supposed to be an event if it was going to be accepted. 
by the father in charge of the construction site there. So Our Lady then expressed her grief that I felt from deep within my very own heart. Only one person among them in the group followed her instructions of praying the next 40 days. She continued giving me prayers to pray and share with the two older ladies who I had first of all met. Eventually, she asked me to break away from the group and concentrate with the two ladies, but only one lady was serious about Our Lady and Lord Jesus' prayers. The other one who had first introduced me to this church was in fact the devil incarnate. She was very worldly. She was living her worldly life. She only, she, you know, her business was more, uh, you know, came to her first than anything else or anyone else's. So she didn't have anything to do with that. She couldn't help me in any way or direct me or point me to the right direction. <clears throat> so she prevented me from reaching the unreachable. So many people live their lives. They go to church, but their actions do not reflect the living gospel, the living word of God. I hunger for the word. I hunger for the word to bear fruit upon my life, which it has been and continue to since I left the occult many years ago. <laughs> Not many years ago, anyway, like six years ago, almost seven. So the fire of the original Christian lifestyle burned like a lighting torch, a flame in the dark, lighting up the whole world. However, the persecution of Christians almost quenched that light, but many continued to convert. Without divine intervention in the world, and especially for the church, especially the Catholic Church, this church is dead. The world can survive outside of the church, yes, because there are very many people who are not, have left the church and are living, you know, at homes and they're doing prayers in their homes and they're doing all that, you know, what God did when he was in the world. So the world can survive, yeah, but... She has taken a counterfeit strange, you know, the church has taken a counterfeit strange personality. She's unable to do as Jesus did because she's not the original church of Christ, belonging to the way of the followers of Christ. Many left her because they did not belong to her. Eventually, I realized that all my efforts to restore this one true church of Christ were in vain as Satan had already taken so many and trapped them in his nest. There was no way out for them as they mingle themselves and continue to with the world and you know there's a time where the blessed mother told me and she was crying and this time i was living the uh, big city after i was working there for a while and i had to leave that city after i had done all my duties i was supposed to do and go and do the, in that city and she told me many people will die many people will not survive even if there's this 40-year range that has been given, before that is over, many people will have left this earth. And many people are not going to heaven. She said most of them will be going to purgatory and hell. And I was like, what? How many people are going to go to heaven? She said there are very, very few of them who walk the path, the narrow path. And it's, it touched my heart so much. And I'm like, God, I'm crying for these people to change. I'm, I'm, I'm crying for them to like turn back to you and not to lose their way completely yet they're not listening they're just continuously doing what they want and it pains my heart to to see these things happening in the world today so um at this point as from march 31st to april 1st this is the time where i left this group after realizing 
that all my efforts were going to waste. So they had all worn fake masks to trick me that they were our Holy Mother's advocate. Nothing was ever real to them, including former apparitions of Our Lady of Fatima and the previous ones. Finally, it was back to square one. You know, I thought that, you know, Vatican II had made so many changes in the devotion to our Blessed Mother, the liturgies, and and the way things were being conducted in that church. Okay, so even there were no, there was no group uh, that you could find that was dedicated to praying the rosary. You know, all these prayers, divine mercy, um, you know, wearing the scapular. Most of these people don't even have the time to, like, meditate on all the things that Jesus came to give them. And also the Blessed Mother came to give, like St. Dominic, the saints that have uh, existed in this um, Catholic Church. If this church does not retain her saints and the traditions, then this church is already past, you know, it's uh, apostate. It's already fallen. It's a fallen church. And, you know, Christ was giving me an example of the tree, that he's a tree, and he, t he stands rooted on the ground. And there are very many branches on the tree that is rooted on the main tree, you know, the main branch, which is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the main branch. But once these trees begin to fall one by one, it will be hard to stick them back again to the tree because even if you stuck this branch with super glue, it will still fall at some point. It's still shaky. So there's something that needs to be done. If you are following Christ, you need to follow him all through without shaking and falling along the way. So I went back into my room and I was devastated at this point. To pray for God, to God for more direction into my life, especially a lady. Uh, a lady asked me to cut all ties with these people, because I found out they were fake humans, and Satan was using them to frustrate and trick me. So, I decided to just pray the Rosary with our Lady every day since that time henceforth, and it was embarrassing because I had already told my mother that. Okay, I'm gonna go be going to ca the Catholic Church and I'm gonna be attending mass and all that stuff. And so I decided, well, I have to discover, uh, have dis to discover the real truth about Vatican II and Fatima, because this is something that I needed to understand what was really going on in the church, because I was so confused. So Pope Francis insinuates we are all children of God. This is a mixture of the cup of Babylon as revealed in Revelations 13, 18. And if you read this, uh, the book of Revelations, you realize that you'll understand what Babylon means and the mystery of Babylon is the religion of Babylon because this is in terms of religious unity. This is the cup of Babylon that, um, you know, pours. The opposing sides began being at each other's throats. And this is the progressivist versus the um, traditionists, you know. In line with communism, the main enemy of the church, Pope Paul, John Paul XXIII, advocates and supports this uh, communism by saying, we have more to do than throwing stones at communism, yet Our Lady was against communism. They say they are enemies of the church, but the church does not have any enemies. Have you ever heard of that? Communism was the enemy of the church. 
the enemy that Our Lady was saying was in, going to infiltrate the church or the world and it would destroy the whole world. The opposite of what Our Lady of Fatima warned against. By the way, as you go along, you'll, you'll finally understand that godless nations from the past have been used to, um, you know, infiltrate Israel and, you know, to, as it called, infiltrate her and to take everything that, you know, she once adored and it's been like a, you know, the traditional way that Israel lived since it was a nation. God would allow that people to come and destroy Israel so that she can, and then, you know, God would you'd, uh, allow some remnant to remain to start all over again. And this is what's going on in the world today, okay? So the opposite of what Our Lady of Fatima warned against, you know, so John Paul II quotes in, you know, he was, he started his reign of Pope papacy from 1978 to 2005 when the fake Sister Lucia died. So how can one be silent about the many forms of violence also perpetrated in the name of faith, was of religion, tribunals of the Inquisition, and other forms of violating the rights of persons? It is significant that coercive methods harmful to human rights were also later pried by totalitarian theologies of the 20th century as well as by Islamic fundamentalists. Now we are going to also discuss um, <clears throat> sacrality, offenses against sacrality. And sacrality means uh, the sacredness of a, of, a, of a place when you enter the church the elevated atmosphere that usually surrounds the Catholic Church. And when I when I entered the Mary Immaculate Catholic Church, I was so surprised because I could feel that half of the church, there was a different atmosphere. But where the altar was and, and Jesus was and the Blessed Mother was, there was a very different atmosphere. You could feel the presence of God very, very strongly. But at the same time, I could feel that this presence of God was cut off from the people. And it was cut off since Vatican II. So as you continue, you're going to understand why this atmosphere has had to change over the centuries, okay? Since the time um, of Vatican II. So changes to the Mass. This happened in 1963. <clears throat> the altar is rails and pulpits were removed okay this is like uh this is what actually the protestants did too the statues of our lady and of the saints were taken away from the church the confessionals were made to disappear because even the protestants don't believe in confessions okay or confessing to the father or confessing your sins in a confessional box uh guitars and pop songs were performed during mass the pretext of adapting the church to the world, okay? And this is what the charismatics have done since the very beginning of this, um, of their charismatic renewals and stuff like that, the word faith movement. You know, if you want to understand charismatic Catholicism or charisma or Vatican II changes that were made, then you'll, you'll have to, like, go to YouTube and search for a documentary concerning the charismatics of the um, new century, okay? Word faith movement, 
the false, you know, charismatic charismatism that has infiltrated the church, and you'll understand that these people have no discernment at all. None of them have this kind of discernment that they can say, oh, the apparitions of Our Lady are real or true. They don't. They can't authenticate that because actually they don't, they don't know what's real and what's not real. Okay. So after 16, after 1969. When the novice order missile was imposed by Paul VI, everything changed inside the sanctuary. <clears throat> the masses started to be said with the priest turned towards the people and no longer to God. This is how the Protestant church also does things, okay? They, the mass is usually towards the people and not to God, okay? They abandoned the central altar, turned towards God, okay? So the work of the priest is usually to reconcile people to God, you know, and when a priest is turning people towards God, not to turn the people to, to the people for approval and attention. This is what happens today. Nowadays, these priests, fathers, all they want is attention. They want approval. They want to be entertained. You know, they want everything like, oh, it's centered around the priest. There's nothing in this church that is centered around God. Even if you were to say, oh, Jesus told me that what you're doing is wrong, they would literally kick you out with sticks. It's not even a joke. <laughs> okay, this was replaced by a table turned towards the congregation. New churches were built, no longer with their plan drawn in the form of a cross to remind the faithful of our Lord Jesus Christ's redemption, but rather in extravagant forms, always with table at its center surrounded by the people you know when i was in our lady of Lourdes, when i was studying in that sister school i was like wow um you know i thought that the mass is supposed to be like that and um it it, it really looks interesting for me i was you know they were celebrating mass every day and i was like attracted to the way they were doing this mass and i thought well this is how things are done well we don't do such things in the in this church that have been the protestant church so latin was abandoned as a liturgical language and the vernacular was adopted so anyone can print the vernacular language nowadays in these churches lay people often women started to direct the dialogue mass and to encourage assembly to participate in the liturgy okay this is what protestants do okay people can be involved at any time women at any time lay people were considered equal to the priest who was gradually pushed to a secondary place in the mass so based on the council the priest was presented as a servant of the people of god the celebrant became the mere presider of the assembly and the holy eucharist lost its central part in the mass instead the interaction of the assembly, now also called communion, took its place. As a consequence, the tabernacle lost their central place in the main altars in the church and were transferred to the side chapels or secondary walls. Okay, So as the enthronement of the people became the central part of the liturgy, Modern and vulgar customs, art and language replace the traditional respect shown for the altar and the mass. Thus, 
The atmosphere of the novice Odomas and the churches grew increasingly empty of God's supernatural presence and blessings. No Holy Spirit power. What I mean is that there was a lot of noise now, okay? There was not that silence which you observe when you enter a church. I had seen this happening with the Mary Michael Church, a little bit of silence and all that stuff. But, you know, things usually uh, changed almost daily. So there's a lot of noise. When there's a lot of noise, God himself isn't able to get to the people, okay? He's unable to do that. And that's the consequences of uh, these kinds of changes being made to the secrecy, the mass. And also there was changes to the papacy too. A symbol of the papal royalty was the triple crown, the tiara. It represented the three powers the Pope has in a supreme degree. The power to govern, the power to teach, and the power to sanctify. Paul VI abolished that symbol and he sold a tiara to give the money to the poor. The Catholic Church is no longer a monarchy, but a democracy. Pope Francis destroys all the rest of the traditions that remain of the former Catholic Church. And true to the word, if you destroy traditions of this of uh, of the main, okay, let's say the traditions of a main culture of, or traditions of a nation, then everything else crumbles to the ground, including what family represents. And right right now, there's no word like family in this generation today. This this kind of word like family does not exist like especially to me like for me i'm dedicated to jesus christ like exclusively 100 percent and i don't plan on getting married or meeting someone in my life because i find i find that like a waste of time and money because there are better things that i would be doing other than waste my time with someone who is just gonna ask for divorce in the next i don't know one or two years so the Pope Mobile represents the Pope as the president of the church and the state of Rome. By the way, don't worry, I did have someone who I loved a lot. And of course, you are expecting that you're going to be married to this person. But these things change. It's not the same thing anymore. So I do know that you can love someone and there's that kind of uh, deja vu when this person marries the wrong person and realizes, oh my God, I should have married the other woman in my life. And they realize, oh my God, we are, they already have two kids. Why would they want to leave those two kids when they've already formed a family? That is the kind of, um, <laughs> kind of thinking that you, one can have. And I'm like, I don't think I'll give my time to this person, even if I was given another chance. I would just love this person and ask him to just uh, give their self, you know, give their hearts to God because this world is doomed and who wants to end up in hell in the future? So the successive popes now praise and adapt Martin Luther as a Protestant who was a rogue Catholic, a great, they, they, they hail him as a great doctor of the church and a prophet who anticipated the reforms of Vatican II implying that the past Catholic fight against Protestantism was foolish and ill-advised. And like Pope Paul, um, uh, Pope Francis 
has advocated this notion of Protestantism coming together with the, the new novice order Catholicism that Vatican II has actually realized. So, after Vatican II, the reality of heaven, hell, and purgatory was already thrown out of the roof, which was like refuting the message of Our Lady of Fatima. You know, this is just like refuting her traditions, saying that those traditions are just stupid and they shouldn't be followed and they shouldn't people shouldn't believe in heaven or hell or purgatory those things don't exist so it's to your own detriment if you don't ex you don't believe in these things that they exist and they're real and have been proven time and again to be real so what happened to our lady after vatican II? so first of all this topic is um is a very sad and it, it's very offensive to a lady because of the way the church at vatican II changed and how people see her to date, let's just be frank, people are not no longer devoted to Our Lady of Fatima or devoted to, you know, uh, the Precious Lady under the titles of Mediatrix of Graces or Grace or Mother of God. She, she, the importance, high, high importance in today's um, world or realm that we live in today has been taken to be very little. Okay, she, she, it's like she gave her birth to Christ and they recognize her as the mother of God, but they don't see her as anything more. Um, this devotion has reduced and people do attend these feasts of Our Lady of Assumption or uh, Our Lady of Victory or Our Lady, so many of the, these uh, people still believe, Our Lady of Medjugorje. And it's not uh, widespread, it's not everyone. In Africa, our Lady's devotion actually does not even exist. I won't lie to you about that. They're not devoted to her because they say this is a white people's thing. So it's like, even if you had such an apparition of Our Lady here in Africa, it wouldn't be something that is taken seriously by anyone. So, and because of Vatican II and the place she has been kept here, uh, the status, uh, it's, it, her role is now undermined among the people and she's no longer popular right now um, because now the, the, the popes are the ones who have always wanted to be popular. So anyone or any apparition or divinity being more popular, even Jesus Christ, being more popular than the, the pope or the, the bishops or the priests or the fathers who are in charge of the local churches nowadays, is actually ruled out and, and put aside and told you're just delusional and you're seeing an evil spirit, you should go get exorcised. Okay. So with the dismissal of the group, um, I decided to pray with the... Oh, sorry. So, um, so you see, uh, the light, okay, praying with her, with the, with the prayer she had given me, I am, and you can understand that the church no longer, you know, takes her seriously, okay? So anyone who has apparitions of Our Lady after Vatican II, um, and especially even before Vatican II, like in 19, after 1919, in 1947, uh, an apparition occurred at Lipa Carmel, and this is how I want you to see how these bishops behave because the, the Freemasonry was already taking over the church at that point also. Um, after the apparitions of Fatima, things were just 
taking place, they were changing. So what happened is the truth is the the so these changes that were happening back in okay Lipper she had come to ask for the convent to devote the you know devote themselves to her and there already two sisters were being used by the devil there were people uh, around uh, the sisters and the nuns there and Sister Teresa you know that was going on. And things were, were just happening um, so much. A lot was happening in Lipa Carmel. And, you know, first of all, the devil had already walked into the chapel, into the little nun's, you know, place. And he was about to destroy the existence of Our Lady through many, many means because he had already infiltrated the church. So the bishops were going to not accept this apparition. They were going to just actually give a negative judgment on the apparition. And this was very de devastating to Sister Teresita. And you know how devastating it can be? You're actually having a real experience. And those people who are in charge, like the bishops and fathers and all that, all those people, then they, and you're obedient to them and you're doing everything you can in your power to like, Prove to them that this is true, and and she wasn't actually doing anything to prove because Our Lady was proving to her to to them that she had appeared there with roses that were coming out of the air from nowhere. Literally, everyone was collecting these petals, and she would tell the people, collect the petals, keep them to yourselves. You know, keep them, uh, distribute them to the everyone else. They will heal you. They will protect you. They will do everything. You know, all these kinds of things, and. It's really frustrating when people, you know, these people who are like the church were supposed to be like the people who are more, most, should be most discerning, who should be more discerning than anyone else in this, you know, world. And people who say they're pastors, they're supposed to be more spiritual discerning in this, in these matters. And that they're not supposed to make judgments without, you know, asserting for a fact that, this is true. They already made that ju negative judgment already, and they asked her to leave the convent, which was even worse. All that, it was just crazy. It was worse. Leaving the convent, asking, she even asked the bishop to bless her, and the bishop kicked her and told her, get out of my sight. Yeah? What kind of a church is that? I don't think I would stay in this kind of church anymore. I can't. Why would I stay with people who are already apostate and people many people are clinging here they're already lost they're clinging to people who are already lost so crazy okay long story short so our lady of america here we go the light had been extinguished the light of the church and there was nothing more for our lady to do there we had to move on August came and went, but my mid-September, this is the continuation, the urge to leave home came strongly. Just when you really want the help to help the ailing around you, then Satan gets in the way and messes with people's minds to turn them against all your sincere efforts. And, you know, Satan wants everybody, uh, most people in this world to be with him in hell. 
And I can tell you he has a huge, quite a number of people in hell, and he still wants more people here in this world who are living in hell with him. So, so knowing that I had no idea with the Novus Ordo churches and how Satan has is also the the center of these um, churches, he's like a part of them, and he lives with this uh, church. He lives in the church. He dines with these people, okay, in the church. I was clueless. In fact, Satan was laughing everywhere I would go. Every church I would go after this, after leaving this church, the Mary Immaculate. I always had Satan laughing. Like, I, I actually thought that I was the only one. I, I, I thought that other people were hearing this laughter. Because I could hear this laughter. I was like, ha, 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 You know, it was weird. Because when I was in that church, I was like, I'm praying to God. How is it that Satan is in this church? I was wondering what's going on. I was clueless. You know, he knew he had already won. He he had already won over so many hearts and minds and were already trapped in his nets. Okay, so I was like, why is this Satan laughing in this church? I thought this church is supposed to be present. Those who are supposed to be present is God and Our Lady. But when I entered, the deepest silence that I had never heard in my heart I was like trying to converse with the lady, the, the statue, the image in a Catholic church that I, where I was in the city where I was working. And I was trying to converse with her. I was trying to like um, be silent, pray the rosary, but I couldn't. I ha kept hearing this satanic laughter like, ha, 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 You know, it was in a, in a, in a kind of a mocking way, like, ha, 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 you know. If you were to hear this laughter, you would have been like, you would have you know, ran out of that church and I tell me, I trust, tell me, I tell you something that you would never go back to that church. It was so weird. I was like, okay, what's going on here? These people are wearing a mask, a veil, okay? They're like, oh yeah, we are part of this church, but not really part of it. We are just worldly. So it's like when the world comes into the church, the real spiritual value that it's supposed to like present itself to the world to leaves the church and I will give you also a dream I had where Jesus and the Blessed Mother has left the Catholic Church and yeah I know these things are shocking but it's the reality it's the truth okay so I want to give you the signs that Catholics are behaving just as similar to the Protestants mindset so here it is they emphasize more on Christ than combining Mary Christ and the saints all together they disregard the previous sacred images, the relics, handing down to them because there was uh, the bronze scapula, the, the divine mercy image, and the messages of Our Lady and the Jesus Christ, the miraculous medal, and many other uh, medals that have come from the Catholic Church. So, to tell you the truth, when, when I, I came across a, a lady called Maximila, she lives here in Subukia, okay, and this is a Catholic family, okay, and I was like, I've left the Catholic family, and I was expecting these Catholic people, they will, they will accept me with open arms, and, and with loving arms, and, <laughs> okay, so here she comes, and she, you know, for, 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 uh, like, like, for a few couple of hours, she was, like, normal person, she looked normal, she was, like, yeah, we usually have those kinds of devotions. And she was telling me that also they pray with the Divine Mercy image. Um, 
you know, with the sacred uh, items, with the sacred things, uh, with the statue of the Blessed Mother. They usually use those things. That's what they were telling me. Then it was very weird that this lady is like an implant. Okay, so what I mean by implant is that there, there have been implants in the Catholic Church since the very beginning, and most of them now have uh, infiltrated every part. Even the lay people are implants, okay? So when, okay, she told me that at one time I, I felt the Blessed Mother had appeared uh, and she wanted us to pray the rosary. Then I asked this lady, and we were in the room, in her room, and she was, she had been busy studying uh, mathematics, something like that. Then I asked her, and then and then I told, she told me that I'm just a minute. I finish what I'm doing, and then we'll come and pray together the rosary. I am telling you, we started. Okay, so she, she said, "Do you know the prayer of Archangel Michael?" And it was weird the way she prayed, and I didn't take notice of it. So she started praying and she started saying something that was really, really out of balance, out of what I know about the Catholic Church. Everything was just bizarre, everything. And, and she was like speaking like a protestant, you know, like a, a, an um, activist, like Martin Luther was, okay? So I was like, okay, what's going on here? So first of all, we started praying. She never finished the rosary. She was like, Our Lady, full of grace, with you, blessed are you amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Amen. And I don't think she was, she said this rosary in the proper way. And then she would say the prayer of Archangel Michael. And then after a while, like, we never even reached halfway of that rosary we were praying. She started saying, oh, stop, stop, stop. You, 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 you have too much of your sins. You have, you have to repent. Jesus says you have to repent. There's something that you're hiding. Oh, you're hiding something. And then, okay, I didn't answer her. And then after a while, she said that, that is not the sacred heart of Jesus. Oh, that's not the sacred heart of Jesus. You, you're just lying. You, you came here lying to us that you've come, you know, to tell us about the sacred heart of Jesus. She started saying things that were just weird. And I was like, what's wrong with this girl? I thought they're the ones who know these things more than I do. What is wrong with her? Why is she telling me these things? We are praying. By the way, we were in the middle of prayers. And you know, I would have cut those prayers off and gone off. And I decided, well, let me stay and see what else she's going to do. Because I'm going to play with her mind. And I, you know what I did? I played with her mind. And I told her, oh, yeah, yeah, of course, what you're saying is true. Yeah, it's not the sacred heart. And I was like... Everyone now around her actually agreed with her. And I was like, this this lady is using the, she's being controlled by a spirit of divination because she can say that there are truths she knows and reveal truths to people. And in fact, it's actually another de uh, demonic spirit that is controlling her. And one day she will be clear of that. I heard in 2023, soon she'll come back to her senses. <laughs> So I left those people actually hanging anyway. So, um, so they, okay, also I had apparitions there in that uh, shrine where I went after I ran off from those crazy, crazy Catholics who I thought were Catholics. Actually, they're not. They're just Protestants in disguise. They're not real Catholics. Okay, so they ignore God's divine interventions 
through certain evidence, like miraculous events, like the miracle of the sun, healings, and other divine holy revelations and interventions. So, number five, they hate their own brethren. They cannot even pray or help their poor brethren who need prayers. Number six, their priests, fathers, and bishops live in luxury and hence cannot know the needs of their surrounding communities. They don't even think about the community, poor and needy persons. First of all, when I was in this other church called the St. Peter's, this crazy father, and I think he's not going to stay there for long, he's losing it. I, I met him and I was like, okay, this father, I was seated there during mass. And he kept saying, oh, we need your prayers. But oh, we are using money. We keep, you know, we are being tempted so much by this money. Oh, we, we, I, I, he was whining, so much whining. And then I was like, who needs prayers? You or the people who are just seated here, like during mass, who need prayers from a priest? And I was like, wasn't Father, what's his name? Padre Pio, a better father because... God used him in a very, very different way from these priests and fathers who keep saying, oh, we need your prayers. We're just using a lot of money. We're just, oh, really? You're only dumbing yourself to eternal hell. And I would have been like, this father, I don't even know him. By the way, I just, I'm not going to concentrate so much on that father because seriously, that father was just a whiner. <laughs> and I realized like, I would never even, want to hear him or even go to him for for confession or for prayers because seriously i don't want such kind of person who doesn't have is not humble and is pure they may ask for our prayers but look at how they live in luxury and are we going to change the way they live so that they can go to heaven you know what? The prophecy of Garabandal was just real, completely real in its in every sense of the word. Because it says like Yeah, I mean like you know, many priests and bishops are just taking people to are taking people to hell. And this is real this is a reality, isn't it the real? It's the real truth that exists today. So Number seven, they are usually very extremely skeptical of those unlike them who experience the divine in a very special way. They are not in tune with the divine graces of the gifts and fruits of the Holy Spirit. They have no fruits they show in them. And, and Jesus said, you will know them by their fruits. You will know these people, who they are. And you're going to, you know, stay off, keep off from them because they are wolves in sheep's skin. So... Number eight, they include the majority of those deluded by Satan's manipulations. <clears throat> so I'll in a, in a in the next excerpt. Oh my God, this is the longest. It's very long, and I'm gonna continue it uh, another time later. In a, this is going to be another episode that I want to do. Uh, so I hope that you'll stay tuned. I know it's long. It's almost like reading from a book. But it is what I have compiled from 2020 or 2019 to date. And yeah, there's a lot that's going on. And um, in this um, episode, podcast, and other episodes that will come up, so we're going to be doing studies of, um, you know, in this school of Christ, studies that uh, give us the most important messages that we need for our day. 
concerning the Eucharist, everything, transubstantiation, um, everything that we want to know about how to live in this world, in this kind of world that is completely disoriented right now, confusion, God is in utter disarray. Uh, it's completely going to the different direction. People are lost. Many people are lost and they need to come back to God. Seriously, it's not even a joke. Uh, and I'm going to be praying for these people. But, you know, for the meantime, I want to, like, spread uh, what God wants me to do. Okay, for the next 40 years, since this day, since this year that uh, I began and got those revelations of the 40 years in wilderness in the world. So things will uh, unravel with time. And I hope that you'll stay tuned because there are very many good things coming as we continue in this journey together. Thank you and stay tuned.